1: Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support for GigPod is brought to you by Swiss Movement. Quality watches at affordable prices. Check out their website at www.nagin.com. Swissmovement.co, and get 10% off all watches with the code gigpod88 tick tack hello and thanks for downloading episode 64 of the Glasgow's Green podcast aka gigpod I'm Stevie, and a bit like Celtic in midweek, I've survived a scare to get a job done as professionally as possible. Now the long countdown to this episode is over, the long wait for the game is almost over, and before we know it, Celtic will be in the Bears' den tomorrow at 12 o'clock. But there's not going to be any Bears there, is there? Now with me to answer that question is a man who used to be known as Mr Worldwide, but he's now Mr Covid. It's Spunk Phone. So Spunk Phone, first off, will there be any Bears there?
0: I don't imagine there'll be any literal bears there, Stevie, Um, and obviously I'm incapable of understanding a metaphor, so I'm sure that's exactly what you meant by that, Um, but hola, buenos tardes, been brushing up my Spanish, obviously as the events of the last few days have unfolded, Um, so muy contento to be back on this podcast,
1: Stevie. Exceptional stuff. So for the, any of the audience who may not know why you are brushing up in Spanish and why you now start eating burritos and tacos, why don't you let the audience know as to where the whole Mexican gimmick comes from? Uh, so in the last uh,
0: few days or so, um, I've been uh, speaking back and forth with a, a young lady online who's a big fan of the uh, Panama lead singer Hayley
1: Williams. That's it really. I hope you're more excited. I hope you're more excited about tomorrow's game than you are with this potential relationship. <laughs> so, talk about the game itself, I mean, how are you feeling about it? I mean, see, a, f- a few weeks ago, if you asked us, you know, at the start of August or whatever, about this match, we would have been both dreading it, wouldn't we? But it's been anything but. I'm actually excited for it. I'm excited to see this team tomorrow and how they react to it in this atmosphere. And I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. If you're maybe the opposite for me, but I'm. I'm so buzzing for it.
0: No, I, I think I'm much in the same boat. I think, um, it, it, as you say, if it had been a few weeks ago, they'd have been absolutely dreading it, particularly after um, the opening day at Tynecastle. Castle. But um, certainly after the recent run of form, even if um, you know, we did have a bit of a scare on in, in Thursday night, um, ultimately they'd still come through it. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, especially looking at their form, I think going into the game as well, there, there's plenty to be optimistic about, both on our end, and I think there's there's certainly weaknesses in their team that that we can expose, so I'm looking forward to it, brother.
1: Yeah, same. Now, I mean, we go into this game as a form team. We've been scoring goals, we've been playing brilliant football, we've been exciting to watch, and we've just been a team that very much is on the ascendancy now. You look at Rangers, they are so chronically off the pace. Uh, I mean, I was sitting I've, I've not really let like yourself I'm isolating for different reasons not positive with Covid just felt utterly horrendous um, after a drag and also combined with a cold it's been brutal so I resorted to watching their game against Alish Kerr at Yerevan on Thursday my god it just had a feeling of us against Riga or Sarajevo last season thing is though we progressed in those games, but we never once went, that's a sign of a right good team, beating these teams and, and just getting the job done. I mean, we were saying last season something not quite right with a Celtic team. I looked at our Rangers team and yes, okay, I know they've got players out because of COVID and I know that they were travelling, you know, it was energy sat in heat, I thought, 30 degrees and all that. And I know there was other factors in it, but you look at the two teams there and Rangers really should be I'm not saying get a divine right just to turn up and win, but they should be good enough to put you know two or three past a team like that. There was it was a real mismatch on the pitch, and then if you watched it, there wasn't much between them. Both teams were just appalling. So I get the feeling that if Celtic went over there, especially the former in the now, we would have went over to Yerevan and you know got the game done and dusted in the first half. And I just don't see anything from Rangers this season to what they were last season. They, they seem to have lost the swagger that they had. And on, if I'm honest with you, Spunk Phone, they remind me exactly of what we were last season. They haven't strengthened their team. Their decent players have went backwards. They obviously had the Euro Howler against Malmo, similarly to Ferenc Varos. And generally, there's just something right off about them. And let me just ask you, do, do you have the same sort of feeling that Rangers this season are very much Celtic 2020, 2021, certainly in terms of energy.
0: You know what, I, I get that exact same feeling as well, Stevie. I, I couldn't really put it much better myself. I'd watched their game on um on Thursday at Armenia as well, and um they were rotten, to, to be honest. Um and, and by all accounts, weren't great in the, the first leg either. And, and obviously, um from what I've seen of them domestically this season, they have looked well off it. And, and you do get that similar kind of... Vibe, so to speak, using a kind of Love Island term, but, but you know what I mean, off them this season. But uh, I, I think it, it certainly does have echoes of that. I don't know, obviously, the procedure and, and everything's kind of changed around the whole COVID and self isolation, etc. So, uh, you know, we don't know if maybe some of the players that were missing on Thursday might be back for them on Sunday. Fingers crossed or no, because frankly, they deserve a test of their own medicine for last season. But yeah, I mean, it, even, even with those players back in the team, they have still looked well off it. So it's it, it certainly, um, that along with their good form recently has, has certainly lifted um, lifted my spirits and lifted expectation as well going into the game on Sunday.
1: So you thought about the players that they could have missing and indeed we both hope that that is the case and they're nowhere to be seen on the pitch. But out of the players that potentially could be missing for them, for them, what one, out of them all, if you had the choice for one of them to definitely miss the game, who would it be? Kent easily
0: um, I was going to I say think, Alan McGregor actually well, It's a shout as well to be fair um, I'd personally say Kent I know he's been kind of off the ball for them this season by all accounts but I just think in these games he always tends to turn up for them and at, at the moment you know where are we looking most vulnerable albeit Tony Ralston sort of came through the games as best he has um, or as best he can I suppose Um and we've praised him for that and, and fair play to him. But I, I just think with him and out um, in there as well, he's not really looked settled either. Kent always sort of looking to to cut in. I, I just think we could do without him starting. Um, and, and they're kind of short, I think, in terms of wingers without him there. So it, it, would, it would kind of limit, I suppose, what they're able to do tactically as well. Obviously, Alan McGregor as well is another one you'd want to have have missed, I suppose because he when he is on form he can win those games on his own but no, but for, for me with the vulnerabilities we've got just now at the back um, I, I'd, I'd prefer to see Ken out I think if I had a, a choice of one for their team
1: I think it would be Alan McGregor for myself although at the same time when I look at their poor results this season it's been McGregor that's been in goals for them but there is something about it isn't there you, I always remember Andy Gorham sold the jerseys for them in the odd game like there was a week once where they got beat I think they get beat off. Actually, they did. They get beat off us. Falkirk, and Athens. Gorham was just getting pelters by the fans. They were saying that he was done. He was. He was finished with them. He was too unfit. He was sluggish. And then a couple of months later, we played uh, Rangers, and Andy Gorham, as always, just kept him in a game, and they ended up going on to win it. McGregor's get that type of presence for them that even if he has been terrible against say Hibs, Hearts, or Aberdeen. Games against us, he'll just raise it. So I'm hoping he's missing, but we'll have to find out tomorrow. As Reeds always say, we'll just have to wait and see. So indeed, it's Andrew's first derby match tomorrow. It's going to be his first experience of a Rangers Celtic game. And before I ask you a question about other managers and their first derby game experiences and what ones stood out to you, I mean... Uh, Angie isn't no new Lennon, so he's not going to come in for like all sorts of venomous abuse and all that. I mean, the most he's got is some terrible partner on YouTube about his surname. Great one there, guys. However, I don't really think Angie's going to let like, an atmosphere like Ibrox got Ibrox um, really phase him that much, is he?
0: I don't think he's, he's that sort of character, isn't he? I don't think he's really bothered by anything. Um, some of the YouTube partner, but, um which we've posted on the account is... Hilarious um, in, in terms of how bad it is. Flange post the cock glue, I think, the one that stands out for me. It's it's so your da, but even if he was getting stick, I, I don't think he'd, he it strikes me as the sort of guy that just will not care.
1: Yeah, I, I think even if he was to have 50,000 of them hitting out with that posty cock no no-get-a-clue or whatever the fuck they say on YouTube, he I don't think he would even register with him. He's just that focused on getting the job done in a pitch, so... By all means, if, if they want to resort to that part of fine. I don't think Angel will be phased tomorrow. Hopefully the team aren't as well. Um, and that's a that's a positive, isn't it, when your manager is that type of steely individual that he's no phased on the on the sidelines. Your team must be getting a lot of inspiration for that. Contrast that with a certain other manager who should not be named any time he went to Ibrooks and it was a full house. In a weird perverse way, he always loved making it about himself, didn't he?
0: I mean it was it was good theatre any time he went to Brocks to be fair, but it, yes, I, I think um, it, it wasn't the sort of calmness um, and, and focus that you'd have been looking for for your manager. Um, say, for example, the way somebody like Rogers carried himself in those games, as opposed to the
1: man who will not be named. Get off me. <laughs> we can't, that's a, the that's a thing. We can't burst out laughing either because we'll have big coughing fits so we have to keep this as professional as possible you mentioned Rodgers there so I'm going to come to you on this one Um, talking about other managers and their first Derby game experiences what one really stands out for yourself then with ex-Celtic managers in the first game at either Ibrox or just at Celtic Park against Rangers
0: so personally for me I would say the Rodgers one I'm kind of showing my my age here um, in respect to how young I am relative to the other other individuals on this podcast Stevie but uh, the, the, the one uh, the five one with Rogers w- was the first one I'd actually ever been to of uh, these games. So that 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 certainly is the one that stands out for me. Them obviously coming up being quite buoyant. I know they dropped a few points actually coming into that game, I think against Hamilton and Cole Marnock, but um you still had Joey Barton shooting for the rooftops about how he was the, you know, best player in the the country. Um, you would the big going for fifty-five card display. So against Hamilton and <laughs> exactly. But as as much as I've tried to sort of rewrite history in the years since about oh you were Lord over Senderos and Kiernan or whatever, you know, at the time they did think they were they were going to be serious challengers to us. And um, I remember on the day, people panicking because Lee Griffiths, Lee who? <laughs> Don't be disrespectful, Stephen. Don't be disrespectful. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I remember I remember like there was mass panic because Lee Griffiths um was they fit enough to, to make the, the start in living and then Dembele came in and just wrote his name into Celtic Derby Day folklore with that wonderful hat trick. Perfect hat trick as well, where he'd left foot and right foot and um I always remember the, the video of Sendero's coming up to him the tunnel beforehand, shaking his hand because he'd been teammates at Fulham saying good luck and you know about 60 or so minutes later, Mr. Dembele had basically ended his career.
1: The football we were playing and the way we were progressing and maturing as a team and just gelling was so different to Rangers, and that's what I mean. That's what I see. See, I hate that whole form book goes out the window, part. it doesn't. Because Rangers were in ropey form getting into that game in 2016. They were all over the place. Um, They weren't convincing whatsoever, even when they were winning, whereas Celtic were, and Celtic were professional and they really just put Rangers in their place that day, and that's what we could do tomorrow. Um, I wanted to talk about a different type of game. Now, again, I'm going to show my age here. This was back in 1998. This was a game I was terrified in. You remember the Joe Vengla season? This, I mean, this guy inherited such a mess, and Celtic just pressed the self-destruct button after they stopped Rangers doing 10 in a row. Jansen left. There was pay disputes. Fergus McCann was booed. Um, after unveiling the league flag against the Fairmont, The club was just in some state up against the Rangers side who had just spent mental money on World Cup winners. Guys like Andrew and came in their team and they'd just been able to... I think they threw something like 30 or 40 million that, that season. Like, it's just... Bear I in mind, there wasn't like a transfer window back then. I think it was like in for like August to... September, they genuinely had spent so much money and um, they were up against a real juggernaut not team and amazingly enough, we drew 0-0 at that time as well, Spunk Phone we had like Mark Reaper out, Harold Brackbaugh was out as well, like Simon Donnelly just got over the flu, Tom Boyd was out and Paul Lambert was suspended, so Matt McNamara, V-Cost and Mark Butcher were out too, it was like a, a makeshift Celtic team and amazingly enough, we got a 0-0 draw against our Rangers team at Ibrox, with like Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Barry Ferguson there at the other time was one of the better players, Alberts, and I think there was also Gabriel Amato as well who I rated. So to this day, I don't know how we, we escaped Ibrox. we with uh, a draw. This is where we talk about where we think the game's going to be won. And Spunk Phone, please don't say it on the pitch. So I just want to know your opinions on... I'm going to hit away where I think we can win it. So I don't think... I'm not going to buy into this. The game will be winning midfield, midfield. The main way we can win the game is actually out wide because I look at their full-backs out, and they are struggling... I think our wingers are flying, and if we can stretch them, I reckon we can have some amount of joy against them because their defence has. For all us talk about Celtic, they have got a dodgy defence, and you know, we're, we're leading goals left, right, and centre. That that was like back at the end of July and the start of August. We've actually got a grip, I would say, and compared to the Rangers, because I watched them against Ross County, and anytime Ross County were going forward against them, Ross County were giving them problems. So, I think. If anything, if, if if our wingers, like Abada, um, I'd bring Forrest back in for it as well, and I'd have Kyogo through in the middle, and I would have that front three just stretching him because, you know, Goldson and Hollander well, bear in mind, they played during the week against stylish Kirt. They'll be eh, thrust right into this one on Sunday. Uh, there wasn't a lot of recovery time, and I reckon, you know, the fresh legs of James Forrest, eh, the pace of Abada and Kyogo as well, he just doesn't stop. The three of them can honestly give their defence absolute nightmares. Um, the only thing I would say about their defence is what I noticed. I think, I mean, Barisic is just a shadow of himself for the now. He's been really, really poor this season. After able to bring that boy Bassey back, it's probably a plus for them because he's been so much more superior to Barisic this season for the games I've seen. Nathan Partison is probably a better going forward than sort of Tavernier as well. I noticed during the week, I don't know if you noticed as well, Swankphone, but again, stylish Kerr, Patterson wasn't doing his usual bombing up and down the wing. He seemed to be conserving his energy a lot, so I don't know if that's a deliberate tactic for him to go all out on Sunday. Um and that's what we'll have to be careful for. But I think if we can stop their full backs from bombing up, um if it is either Barisic or Bassi, and it will be Patterson we're up against. If we can stop them doing that and if we can pin them in their own half, and if our wingers just constantly give them, you know, nice no space, nay no time in the ball and just stretch them, I think that's what we could um Get our joy against them. And then after that you've obviously got our midfield that can hopefully contain them. Um, because they're just going to play that straight for three three anyway.
0: Yeah, no, I honestly I think you've nailed it there, mate, to to be honest. I I don't buy into the whole, it'll be one in the midfield either. I, I think it probably will be down more to the um to the midfield to kind of just contain them really. I, I think if we go with that front three, that that has to be the front three. Um I wouldn't be messing about starting Edward tomorrow or um playing maybe Christie off the left or something like that. I think if Forrest is fit enough to play um, they would play him alongside Abada alongside play Kyogo through the middle um, where he's is most dangerous um, and really just look to, to stretch their defence because they have been ropey domestically in Europe as well they've, they've not looked great defensively so I, I think you've got to look to expose that with the players that are on form at the moment and, and um, like you said I think the, the right personnel obviously in that front three will be will be crucial to doing that. But I would, I would definitely go with Kilgo through the middle. I think Edward's obviously always there as a, an impact sub if if you need to turn to him. But I, I think that is where the game will be when I lost is, is in those wide positions. and um, One, stopping their full-backs, bombing forward, but then obviously um, doing the damage um, through through our wide players and our front players as well.
1: Yeah, and they'll be looking at us and they'll be obviously seeing the fact that we've got a very energetic and creative midfield now and we do have Pace and width in our team. They'll still be looking at that defence going, we can get at them. Now, they'll see during the weekend and they'll try and learn from AZ Alkmaar, having to say play player at like them, so I don't think they've got the capabilities to do that or the personnel. But what I do think is they'll try and target guys like Starfelt and Welsh, who, while I think Welsh is a decent player and he's improving, he's still not the finished article, but he can be. Um Starfelt, as you said, he hasn't... <laughs> He's just not settled well now. But this could be a game that makes it... Bear in mind, remember Chris Julian back in the 2019 game as well. Chris Julian was coming in for a lot of criticism. I think he had a couple of real, real dodgy performances. Goes to Ibrox and dominates Alfredo Morelos. We win 2-0. Every long ball, he just gets his head on it. And and I think he was up there with one of the best players on the pitch that day as well, Um, alongside, I think it was... guys like Scott Brown and Edward were brilliant for us um, and Chan when he came on too so it could, it could I don't want to say it will break stuff I don't want to be negative about it but we do have to be realistic if he is a howler then you know, all that money was spent on him and a lot of people will be going how many more chances can we give him if he has a right good game though it um, could make him the amount of confidence he could get off that for the rest of the season could be so vital couldn't it but how do you think he's going to get on?
0: Well, I, I think they will get chances obviously Rangers, I, I think um... As much as we have sorted out the defence to an extent, I think certainly from where it was a few weeks ago, um, you know they will still get opportunities. I think they will look to target out Obviously, um, I thought obviously the, the the I keep saying obviously here <laughs> the the first half on Thursday he was a disaster um, to be honest, but. I thought actually second half he kind of grew into games a bit more confident. He's kind of been like that stuff out where he maybe maybe has a good half hour or a 45 minute spell in a game rather than a complete 90 minute performance but what we need from him on Sunday is a complete 90 minute performance and um, they will obviously look to target him. I think they'll look to target Tony Ralston as well. Um, so it's about how we combat that. Obviously players being on it on the day um, would help massively and I think um, yeah, it. it <laughs> I don't want to be negative as well and say that it is make or break, but it it, it certainly could make him anyway if he if he has a an outstanding performance tomorrow because um, we're we're kind of just waiting. I think now on stuff out having a a complete ninety minutes as opposed to a good half hour there and a dodgy twenty minutes here.
1: I, I'm aware this isn't the Glasgow is blue podcast, but we do have to be impartial and realistic and say Rangers still, despite their poor start, um, they are the champions. We've got to respect that. They're going to be Ibrooks and they do have decent players on their team. What player specifically, Spunkphone, if you're Ange, are you focusing on and going, he could put us if we you know don't get to grips with him? I'll go first and I'll say, I'm not going to go with Morelos as much as he can be a threat. I thought he was a complete balloon during the week, but you know what it's like. He'll end up coming back against us and he'll just up it a bit like Ryan Kent does whenever he has a bad game Um, or he's criticised when it's a game against us. He just seems to uh, up the tempo and raise it, and that's something we'll just have to deal with. But I think the best sort of ball-playing um, midfielder is Glenn Kamara. I thought, you know, without Kamara, Rangers don't look anywhere near as composed, and they don't seem to have the tempo. Because I don't think Stephen Davis now can dictate games like he did last season the season before. I think Kamara is now the guy who is doing that sort of role that Davis does. Amazingly enough, I'm still stunned that Davis was able to last um, 90 minutes during the week uh, against Alice Kerr, and he'll probably be doing the same because they've not got many options if you look at that bench that they had and the players that they've got out. But I think if you take Glenn Kamara out of the team and you stop him playing, you stop Rangers playing. And I would dearly hope that you know Callum McGregor is going to be all over that on Sunday. I'd like to hope Callum McGregor... It's just going to be there to disrupt his game and obviously focusing on his own because he's got a job to do for Celtic in the pitch. But if you can stop Kamara playing, I've noticed he stopped Rangers playing Um, and he always seems to find space. He always seems to be able to pick a pass. He doesn't seem to panic on the ball. He's got very, very good qualities as a footballer, but I think if we can stop him playing, that will be a real positive for us. That's my opinion on it, but what about you? Is there a player there that you think we've got to stop in the eleven?
0: I'd expect maybe Kmart Roof, I think, will he'll, he'll come, come back in. Um, I know he didn't start in the week there, but I think he would, would definitely be one that I'd identify as a threat there. Um, I think just the, the kind of damage that he's done is in the last couple of games here. and I don't know, I've always been quite impressed with him when I've, I've seen him there. Obviously, Joe Hart will be a bit worried um, if he has to go in for a 50-50 with him as well. So um, <laughs> he's, he's certainly one that I'd identifies a threat and, and one that we need to stop there. Davis, um as you say, I think, famous last words here, but I think this is probably the the last season that we'll see for him as, um, as a starting midfielder at Rangers if he does actually last in that position throughout the course of the season. So Kamara has kind of taken over the, the mantle there. So I think he's certainly a threat and I think if Riff comes back in as well, he'd be one to watch for them as
1: well. Right, well, another thing we have to talk about for this game, but a unique one, where there used to be 8,000 fans in the Broomland. Rangers had a huff because we just kept celebrating there. They moved it to 800, tucked away right in the corner, and now there's not going to be any fans, any Celtic fans there. It's just going to be all Rangers fans, a bit like the 1994 game. How much do you think that's going to impact Celtic? Because, lest we forget, there was no Malmo fans uh, at Ibrox. Malmo went and done them 2-1, so does no Celtic fans there really have that much of a bearing on the game?
0: I think it'll impact their players more than more than ours, to be honest, because it's 800 meter of their fans. It'll be screaming and shouting at them the minute things uh, things go wrong. No, I, I think um even once they'd cut the allocation at the 800. And it is a shame that, that this whole dispute happened in the first place here yeah, because it is fans and um, the kind of hardcore, if you like, that, that do go home and away up and down the country across Europe that are the ones that are missing out here. But it, see, by the time you accounted for like sponsors' tickets players' birds and uncles and all that getting their tickets for the game as well. Jack Hendry tried to punt his. Um, you know, he ended up with like practically no atmosphere for the away end anyway. I actually think it's made it a bit more nervy since they cut the allocation in the first place because it's, it's as if people maybe don't feel as if there, there's a need to try and out 8,000 of them in the corner or, in our case, going there, 8,000 in the in the Broomland. But no, I, I, I don't think it will have a massive bearing on the game to be honest I, I think the kind of dramatic bearing that it did have on it was when the initial cut of the 8,000 down to 800 happened I, I honestly I,
1: I don't think it will affect the players that much well Rangers and Celtic have went through both the respective grounds and as we saw 1-1 when it was the allocation being cut we obviously won 2-0 back in September 2019 when you were seeing goals from Edward and Johnny Hayes but then Rangers when they came to Celtic Park couple of months after that, they eventually won there and it was goals from I think Kent scored and then Edward equalised, didn't he? Thank you for that, SFA, for no disallowing that goal. And then Cathy scored the winner. So both teams have been there and they know how to do it. So, But this is new for Celtic. Um, Rangers are obviously going to have to come to Celtic Park with no fans and that'll be a good laugh as well. So we'll see how that ends up. But yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be having too much of a bearing on the game. They're professional footballers and they should be able to carry out their jobs. Each other on the pitch, and um, whereas if there's going to be a lot of noise there or no noise, whatever, they should be able to do their job on the pitch as players. And I think Andrew and the team will, in any respect. If there was fans there for us cheering them on, that would have been a wee bonus, but there's not. And I think Andrew drill that in that realistically, we can't be looking at that as uh, any excuse. Um, before I move on, just want to talk very quickly. There was a game similar in 1994 Spunk Phone where. Celtic fans were banned from Ibrox, thanks to David Murray overreacting over some broken seats. I'm showing sure my age here because I remember everything about it, but I'm going to quiz you. Do you remember the score and who scored for Celtic?
0: But bit before my time, that one, Steve. I know John Collins scored a cracking free kick that day, didn't he? Um, was, it a, was it a 1-1 draw?
1: It was indeed, yes. It was a 1-1 draw. And Celtic generally controlled the game. When we opened the scoring through Collins just in the half-hour mark. And to be honest with you, Rangers really huffed and puffed and struggled and they got a deflected goal from Michalachenko, 10 minutes of time, and they ended up being a draw. Celtic were dismal that season, but it just goes to show that there was no fans there, it didn't matter. I mean, Rangers pretty much powered their way to the league. It was a dead rubber, if you will. I know we had a few of them last season against them. But still, just goes to show that if you've got a game plan, then it doesn't matter if there's fans there or not. So, a win tomorrow would obviously be great, spunkful, but nothing's decided at the end of August. We would only be in nine points, they'd be in six. And you'd imagine it would give them time to either get rid of Gerard. or possibly get their act together. Now, on the flip side, if we lose, it's not the end of the world either. And I dearly hope people do not overreact as much as it would be, to quote Neil Lennon, bitterly disappointing. Because if you're thinking about it, I mean, you to get into this game... At the start of the month, we would have been going. Pfft. I mean, if we keep it down to two or something, it'll, it'll be no bad with this defence. But I've got to say, you look at the strides the team have taken, and it would, you know, it'd be a wee it'd be a bump in the road if we weren't to win tomorrow. And hopefully, we can come back with a result. But even a draw is not a disaster. I think the biggest thing is we go there tomorrow, we continue to play the way we have been playing. Um, and I think just. Not getting beat is probably more important than winning, as much as we'd love to see it, do you agree? Yeah, to an extent. I think, um, obviously, it'd
0: be a massive, massive boost for us if, if we could come away from tomorrow with the um, with the victory there. But I, I don't think it will um, it'll be a bit of a blow, I suppose. But I, I, it's not the end of the world if we don't come away with a a win tomorrow. Um, I think a draw, it, as much as they are, Kind of try to shift the goalposts now on social media. Every post I see for them, how they've got no right apparently to to win this game tomorrow because they may have a couple of players that were COVID. Um, you know, they they still, despite their role performance, should be the favourites going into that game because they were the champions last season without losing a game. We've also not beat them. I think is it in the last last six of these games now. Thanks, to our- Wonderful former manager and his big game tactics. But yeah, I, I think to be honest, uh, I'd never like to say in these games that I would take a draw tomorrow, but I, I wouldn't really be bothered if that was what we got for the game. I'd, I'd say that's probably all right, particularly given where we were a few weeks ago. Um, but I think given some of the football we've played recently, um, you know, I'd, I'd be hopeful
1: um, that, that we're able to, to get the victory before I get a shoot prediction, brother, I just want to cover there's going to be 50,000 to Ibrox tomorrow and there's absolutely not going to be 50,000 negative lateral flows before that game, Wilder. Next week, will we see the Ibrooks variant be more deadly than the Parkers variant that we saw last week? Well,
0: the, the Parkers variant... Um... I think my theory is, is is that's what floored me this week. You say more deadly there, Stephen, so for legal purposes, I would prefer not to answer that question.
1: Right, fine. Okay, for legal reasons, fair enough, Spunk Phone, but I'm sure that you'll be able to answer this one when I say, if one of them in the morning have a positive result on a lateral flow and they've been waiting for this moment tomorrow to bail out 90 minutes of poisonous, bigoted bile. You honestly can't kind of tell me that they're just going to go in the house and go, I better not go to this game. They are a 100% going to be there regardless of the result, aren't they?
0: I'd, I'd imagine there will be a few few bells there tomorrow with a bit of temperature <laughs> and a cough,
1: Stephen, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Right, okay, give me your prediction for tomorrow. I'm going to be bold, right? And I'm going to say 3-1 Celtic. I was going to go with that as well, Stevie. And I think he'll go open the scoring. And also, uh, I know that it's but it Scott Spunks betting potentially has a wee bonus for a penalty for Rangers. Are we going to see a Rangers penalty at some point tomorrow? If not, had one all season. I don't think it's long overdue. Long overdue, Stevie. Um, so hopefully it's a consolation. Fingers crossed. So this has been the preview for the first derby game of the season with myself, Stevie. Am I struggling? But stable phone. Spunkphone. Spunkphone, will you recover from COVID before that Mexican lassie, who is definitely 25 and definitely a female, comes over to Scotland?
0: I would hope so, Stevie. Um, and, I, and I do apologise. I feel as if I maybe sold her a bit short in the intro there. Um, I, I just... Like, me trying to explain anything in, in real life to people that goes on in that account is just... Impossible. So, what I would advise them to do is just to to go over there, read the tweets themselves. It, it makes for some astonishing reading. Um, but no, f- fingers crossed that um that I'm fighting fit in time for our uh, flying over.
1: Let's know, so oh, another person shot. Can we both give a big shout out to Rizzo for his solo pod as well during the week? It's not an easy thing to do. He did it himself with the both of us on our sick beds, and you have to say the big man well and truly delivered, didn't he? It
0: was it was actually sensational. It was,
1: possibly the most I've ever enjoyed listening to a gig pod Stevie okay, I've had John Henderson on Jack Jackie Aitchison if you even had yourself on as a chats to back in the day but John Reid as, as always for some reason is a fans MVP and he's also your MVP second and stuff but I just want to also say a reminder that this podcast is free and it's all because of the sponsorship of the Swiss movement www swissmovement.co, who offer 10% off all of their watches, men's and women's, with the code GIGPOD88. Spunkphone. me and you have the smartwatches. Well, I have mine. You'll have yours next week. It's a great time to be alive, isn't it? It's a great time to be sponsored by these guys. And furthermore, our listeners should definitely wear them, shouldn't they?
0: Definitely, Stevie. Um, and I'm saying that with no contractual obligations whatsoever to say so. Um,
1: but no, I look forward to my... Swamp watch arriving the, the next few days brother. Thank you for being a sellout as always so the review tomorrow is going to be with myself in the zone and it might even be like an hour or something so try and enjoy that one GigPod fans. As always you can listen to us everywhere when you get your podcasts again a thanks to Spunk Phone for being brave and recording this with me and hopefully the time you've listened to this you're gearing up for the fact that we're going to go to ibooks and give a good account of ourselves and get free points so please Listen to review with myself and do so after tomorrow's game. Stay safe during all this uh, spike in COVID cases as well. It's been a bit of a crap time. Hopefully we don't go backwards um, and we'll be able to still do the live podcast and on that um, later on in the months as the season um, progresses. Cheers to listening again and hail, heal.
0: No purchase necessary. Old word prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.